Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Rusty Quill presents. Hey everyone, Alex Italanda here. This will be a shorter intro. If you want the full one, check out the first part of the Behind the Ostium series which I highly recommend if you want to do this in order. And if you enjoyed the first episode and would like access to the whole series, you can do that on the Ostium Network Patreon at patreon.com slash ostiumpodcast. At the $5 tier, you can get access to the 40-plus episodes of the Behind the Ostium series, plus ad-free episodes of the Ostium Network shows and a whole bunch of bonus material. So let's get started with the next episode of Behind the Ostium, where I sit down with Dwayne Farver of the Manifestations podcast and a big fan of the show, and we talk about the ins and outs of our favorite show, the Ostium podcast. So here we are at day two of PodCon. We had a fun, busy day yesterday, and today we got more panels and more friends and people to see, and I thought we'd do a little uh, kind of Behind the Ostium background thing as you're a fan and have some questions for me and we can just talk about anything else to you, I thought. Sure, sure. So I was, on the flight here, I was trying to think, you know, what as a, as a broad base of fans might want to know and personally. Mm-hmm. So uh, I don't know that I've heard you say before, what was the initial inspiration for the Ostium story? Um... Well, one was I knew I wanted to do a podcast. That was after listening to Night Vale and a few other ones, Limetown, stuff like that. I thought maybe I could try this as a avenue of doing my writing in some way. Because the novel short story avenue is a very long and tedious one of going through traditional publishing and all that. And this seemed a more quicker way of where you can just write it, record it, and then it's out there sort of thing. And then it just kind of came together as an idea of I wanted to make a story about something compelling. And it popped into my head. I wanted to do it kind of local, close to me. And then the idea of GeoGuessr came in. And then it kind of just all flowed from there. Of Like, well, what if you found a weird place in GeoGuessr that wasn't really on any map and might lead to something really mysterious? And after that, it was the, well, there's a road sign you see, and it says population zero. And that was a new mystery. And then I was kind of just building on mystery after mystery. And okay. then I added Jake. Okay. That, that actually answers a question, too. Was, <laughs> was, it, was it conceived as a podcast, or did you originally... Yes, it was always intended as a podcast. But it also works as, as books and stories and stuff. And I'm, especially now with the, how the world's open up, it can go anywhere to TV shows, movies, everything. And I've got lots of like kind of offshoots and tangents I can do and things like that. Just like now there's a new podcast coming, Cersei Podcast, which has been an offshoot of a character that I never expected her to have her own podcast, but it's turned out that way that she had her story to tell and she really wanted to tell it. Okay. So I had to give her her own show. Okay. 
Um, so we're okay. currently right now at the end of season three. Mm-hmm. And at least for my, from my perspective, each season has a different feel. Right. Uh, the, the story that's going on definitely, as you're listening to it, I, I could listen to an episode just at random, like, oh, that's from season two mm-hmm. or wherever. And that was, um, I would say it was always my intention from the beginning, but as I've gone along, that's kind of been my hope. And I see it more as I'm writing a book series sort of thing, and each season is one of those books. Okay. So they're their own kind of self-contained stories in the season, but they're also part of the overarching ongoing series. Uh, and a follow-up to that is, is the story now, I'll, I'll go with season three since that's mm-hmm. what we've all heard, where you originally intended it to go? I didn't always know <laughs> where, where it was going to go um, because my style of writing is a little bit of outline. If I'm, not, if I'm doing a novel, I'll do a little more outline. But um, going doing minimal outlining and then kind of just starting with the characters and seeing where they lead the story. Um, I gave Jake the setting and then I kind of let him free to do and find his story. Um, Roanoke, I think, did come to me initially as, oh, that's the first door it's going to be. But then after that, it all kind of flowed. Like, oh, okay, I want to do another cool historical place. I'll do uh, the Mary Celeste. And then after that, it was, well, now I want to change it up a little and do show something different in the world. So then he shot to the future and Mars. But then after that, it totally became his story of, well, now I'm going to go back to a place I've known from my childhood and stuff like that. And it kind of just all flowed from there. I'm going to, I'm going to skip around on my questions sure. then, because that actually leads into, um, so based on the story, um, we, um, especially the Ostium files that you're, you're mm-hmm. writing, um, with the fan doors, uh, it seems like you're, you have more than a small interest in history and science. Yes, definitely. Um, and, and I, as a fan, I appreciate that because I have the same interest. Uh, I'm thinking like possibly you're interested in like aerospace, um, like space travel mm-hmm. uh, type things more than others. Uh, number one, is that accurate? Definitely. Um, I'm interested in a lot of things. Um, and I find, you know, write what you know sort of thing. I'm, it's stuff I'm interested in. And as I read about it, I'll start writing about it. Like you might notice the, Voyager episode, if you go back, it kind of ties in pretty close to when Voyager left the solar system, like, I think it was six months before or something like that, and that was like, oh, that's just happened. Oh, I really I really like that. I remember being a big thing on X-Files and stuff like that in an X-Files episode, and that's when I wrote about that sort of thing. Okay. Um, I have a medieval history degree. I've always been really interested in history. I listen to a lot of science podcasts, and definitely when I'm listening to stuff, whether it be science or history or things like that, if there's something that catches me, I'll either remember it or make a note about it or whatever, and then sometimes it will turn into a story. The episode in season two, I can't remember which one it was. It was the second one where they find the, the skull cult thing. That was actually a amalgamation of different history stories, archaeological stories I found. One was about a Turkish cult that was discovered in in Turkey, like way back when, there and I'm sure if they were doing this, it was about skull, a skull cult where they had found all these skulls. But then it was also a story about an old cave they found in South Africa, where they were excavating it and it kept going further and further back. But it was a really narrow passage, so they actually had to get short interns from around the world. <laughs> like that was their requirement to be able to fit through this narrow like tunnel to get to see. What was on the other side, and it was just a few a few bones. But then I added the mystery of this weird giant skull that isn't human. <laughs> okay. So um, we hear you, Chris, in Georgia, 
all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, how much interaction or how much um, influence do they have on their characters? Um, initially, I think because I think George has done some recording stuff before, and Chris has done his own thing, but not necessarily as a portraying a character or anything like that. He used to have his own online zine sort of thing, and he did recordings and stuff like that. Um, so I think they came into it relatively new, and to begin with, it was pretty much sticking to the script sort of thing. Um, and it changed also as I, starting off, didn't hadn't done a podcast or anything like that before too, so it, I changed as well. And as they became more and more um, comfortable in their characters, I've let I've I encouraged them to just record everything, mistakes, all that stuff, and then send it to me, and then I can always edit it accordingly. And in so doing, they'll end up changing words occasionally or saying things differently. George is really good about saying, well, that's not how Monica would say it, or that's not grammatically correct, or whatever, and then she'll just change it or redo it or something I enjoy, like that. Yeah. I enjoy her outtakes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're great. Um, so now I really encourage it, yeah, just to do it your way if it doesn't feel... Because I feel like they've really gotten settled into their characters, and they know what they should be saying, whether they're aware always if they change a word or say something differently or not. I like to think it's just the character coming through as they're recording it, and I'm always happy to keep it. Okay. Uh, that's all I had written. Mm-hmm. Um, so the only other thing from this weekend um, that I've been seeing, just from meeting a lot of other podcast yeah. creators here, is that a lot of their stories are personal. So is this um, more of a personal story or just a... Um, just a story that you're very personally invested in. It may not be uh, translating mm-hmm. from your personal life, but just... Um, definitely personally invested in. I've really enjoyed how where it's taken me because I never saw where it was going to go sort of thing. And it's very... I didn't always know where it's going to go next season until I get there sort of thing. And while there's not really that much of me in it, I've definitely found in all of my writing when I look at it, it's kind of a freaky thing you can do when you look at all your writing together and you see certain themes in there. And I always, for some reason, whether I, I don't intentionally do it, have a person trying to find somewhere and feeling they don't belong. Okay. And it's always there. And it's like, what you know, fantasy, whatever genre it is, it's always a person who doesn't feel they're in the right setting that they're where, where they belong, and there's someone they're trying somewhere they're trying to get to. And it uh, wasn't my intention again, but it just that's what happened in Austin too. <laughs> as a, as a fan, speaking personally for mm-hmm. myself, that's part of what drew me to Austin. Mm-hmm. I, I really resonated with the character Jake. Mm-hmm. Um, I would have this, I would have been just as cur- <clears throat> excuse me I would have been just as curious as him right. finding GeoGuessr. So you said Jake was you kind of saw yourself in Jake a little bit. Yes, uh, like his um, finding. Uh, using GeoGuessr, I thought GeoGuessr was something you had made up at first, and then I come to find out it's real. And then Will, Will did who does the reviews and everything. Yeah, she didn't think it was real, and then saw what? Oh, it's a real thing. <laughs> yeah. So the the second time I played GeoGuessr, I got five thousand points. It was oh, very wow. surprising. I got, <laughs> you got close. On. Wow. Um, Do you remember uh, where it was? It was somewhere in Baja, California. <laughs> uh, I saw a, a lot of things that looked familiar. I, I had spent three months in Southern California okay. when I was younger, and I'm like, this doesn't look like California, but I bet it's Baja. <laughs> and then I just started looking around, and I'm like, I found it. It was very, very surprising. Um, definitely with Jake, there's, I think, bits of me in there, bits of me, and then bits of Chris as well. Because when, as I was writing Jake, I had Chris in my mind, and of the type of guy he is and things like that. Like sometimes uh, Jake is a little indecisive. Chris is always like that. It's really hard to get him to pin down on anything. <laughs> okay.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, "What the f are you talking about? You insane Hollywood ass." So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. I do, I do like the, the character of Jake. Um, not that he, not that he's, um, uncommitted. But he's he's willing to change, mm-hmm. adapt. Um, yeah, adapt. Yeah, that's a right. very good word. Um, I, I like how he very curious to to a fault. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I like that. I, I resonate with that. I, I am, yeah. If I was put into a situation uh, like a room full of buttons, I don't know what they do, but I'm going to start pressing mm-hmm. some of them. <laughs> yeah, I'm again. I think that's a little over me being curious and um, not necessarily being indecisive, but. I can't always make a decision right on the spot what I need to for certain things. And my wife knows this well. And then she's like, I'll give you some time to think about it or whatever. And then you'll come to your decision because that's how you are. And that's kind of how Jake is a little stuff. But then I also have been trying to push him into being having to be more decisive and kind of being the leader because he seems to be the guy that knows a lot about everything going on. And when they need to make a call, he's the one who needs to usually do it. Especially at the end of season three, Jake seems to have gotten some information or made some realizations. Right. Well, and when he went through the, when he went through the blackness and kind of, yeah, became changed in some way. <laughs> I'm very interested to find out exactly what those changes entail. <clears throat> I am too. <laughs> and, and, and the new character that yeah. we met, mm-hmm. um, the personification of yeah, the blackness. The creature thing. Yeah. Whatever that is. Yeah. I mean, I know a little bit more of that, which I won't say yet, but there will be more explained in season four. I, I thought at as we were going through season two, um, finding out about Gibraltar, mm-hmm. uh, I I had a very clear picture in my mind. I knew exactly where the story was going. Mm-hmm. So season three broke that completely. Oh, good. <laughs> yes. um, I 
I, I won't say, I won't, just in case in the background, one okay, of the things it is, does happen. is okay. really true. Uh, just one thing I'm holding out hope for. Um, but yeah, I thought Monica was a little bit more involved. So that, that did come to a light, to, to light a little bit with, with Ostium. Mm-hmm. Um, but I thought she was much, much more, more involved. involved. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm holding out for my secondary theory still being true. And again, it was one of those things that kind of just developed as the character developed and, and now I think I do. I'm going to do another behind the ostium on talking about season one and how her character developed and how originally had her trying to be. Um, definitely was that she wasn't as she appeared to be, and there was something else going on. And then I added that military element where she might have been with the military. And I remember when I was originally coming up with ideas, I was like, well, maybe she's an alien, <laughs> or she's from another dimension, or something. And then it ended up being, no, she's just from the future. <laughs> I can't think of anything else that I want to know, but we've been talking all weekend, so I've gotten a lot of <laughs> information. I, I wish I would have saved some infer- or some questions cool. for this. That's okay. And then we have your little thing you're doing here. Yeah, um, and I, door, I, 129 that yeah, door 129. Door 129 turning into manifesting itself into something new. That's yeah. my working title, mm-hmm. Manifestations. Okay, um, yeah. And it I, began I, as a, the story in Centralia. Yeah, that, just uh, writing my own Ostium Door story, but I, I didn't want to base it too much on uh, you like your own Ostium Door, so mm-hmm. you know, your fan mm-hmm. stories. Um, so that's why I just sort of was falling through a blackness. Yeah. Not, not Jake-like falling through blackness, mm-hmm. but starting out in the blackness, finding myself in Centralia, um, which is a town that's, you know, 10 minutes from, 15 minutes maybe right. from where Again, I Again, you're going local because it's familiar. and <laughs> Correct. Um, and it, it's not completely abandoned. Mm-hmm. There are some holdouts who won't leave, even though it's completely wow. unsafe to live there. And their house could fall through the ground into Jeez. a burning coal pit. But they still live like it's a normal home sort of thing and uh, have a job elsewhere. And, yes. Yeah, wow. there's absolutely... Absolutely no industry or right. jobs in the town of Centre. It was but a very small town to begin with. Yeah. The um, and the houses were built by the coal company, so they were on top of each other. They were not, you know, individual homes. They were mm-hmm. row homes. All the so same. All the same. And the the ones that are were vacant were torn down, so they had to build supports on the sides of the walls oh, from wow. where they tore down the houses to let that the one that remains. Yeah, it's 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 a very <laughs> peculiar image when you go there. Um, and if you go into the restricted area where no one's supposed to go because <laughs> the road looks like it's heaved up in spots and higher mm-hmm. on some side and there's cracks, the, you don't see a lot of smoke coming out from the, the fire anymore these days. Um, but you walk down that part of the road and you'd see, you know, venting smoke from the fire. Sounds um, like Limetown or something. <laughs> a, a little, a little bit, yeah. a little bit. Um, the way they were describing uh, one of the towns in Tanis too mm-hmm. um, reminded me of this. Um, so, so yeah, the it's restricted. You can get. Um, I don't know that the police would do too much to you other than ask you to leave. But uh, people go there. They call it Graffiti Highway now. The the, the section of road that, mm-hmm. that was um, rebuilt to go around the fire area. Uh, people go there and they spray paint it and tag it with graffiti. Um, so my story there was going back. To the day when uh, there's no one, re- no one really knows exactly how the fire was started. The m- main theory is that um, in the town landfill, they did controlled burns every once in a while to reduce what was there to ash. Right. And um, the there was a clay barrier between the landfill and the ground below, and it wasn't properly installed or wasn't maintained, and it let the fire spread to the coal vein underneath the town. Mm. Um, and then a lot of the locals feel that it was a 
uh, conspiracy by the government to get them off of the land so that they could extract the precious minerals under the land. And, Didn't it all burn? Uh, yeah, they, the only <laughs> thing precious under there was the coal, which was on fire. You're right. <laughs> so, yeah, but the, the locals... Which uh, is what they wanted to do with the coal, just not have to be under the ground. But in cur- <laughs> Well, they, they, they thought there were diamonds and gold oh, and, yeah, mm-hmm. that the government was trying to take from them. Mm. Uh, they were sitting on a cache of treasure and they wanted <laughs> exactly uh, <clears throat> so then all of uh, the people that i let read the story it was very short so it was fill a pamphlet not even yeah. a short story um were asked, asking me so what comes next and i was like Duh. I, didn't, I didn't have anything next that was just a self-contained little story but i left it open-ended and so i went and thought about it and i'm like well what would happen next and I just decided to take it in a completely different direction. Mm-hmm. So if I was back in time and when I was done, I was leaving and I was going back into a black area, where would I go next? Right. Would it have to be back to where I came from, the, the present, or would it be somewhere in the far past? And I decided far future. Um, I'm very interested in the genre called solar punk. Uh, it's very a very hopeful view of the future. Mm-hmm. Um so that's why my story... And solar punk, so that's what it is? So it's kind of a positive thing as opposed to... Uh, I, I think <laughs> a lot of solar punk deals with um, a very um, conservationist viewpoint mm-hmm. of the future mm-hmm. and sustainable looking. We screwed up the planet, now we need to fix it, and we need to not make the same mistake correct, again. Correct, correct. <laughs> uh, and, and that's where kind of my story goes, mm-hmm. where there's... Uh, terrible natural disasters and a lot of the population dies and the complete collapse of infrastructure um electricity gone um, running water gone having to rely on people you don't even know to survive is Mm -hmm. is, you know your day-to-day living and that's not really where my story's at that's just how the world where i'm writing in got to and it's a it's a utopian type of a view um, I don't personally think that uh, anything is a true utopia, so I'm building in some flaws. Mm-hmm. You know, things to imp- there's always going to be room for. Well, improvement. You need to have conflict for a good story, <laughs> correct? And that, yeah. Um, so, some the continuation of my story is me out of place, not in uh, like my own body again, mm-hmm. and trying to deal with finding out number one what's going on in the world. Number two, also now finding out that the person whose body I'm in is a bit of a jerk. No one really <laughs> likes him. Uh, he is talented and gets stuff done, but he's not likable. And um, and doesn't really know what he's doing. Well, you don't really know what you're doing. I don't know what his I'm body. Doing. Yeah, and Correct. you're kind of uh, going along and seeing how you can get by without before you get noticed. And 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 then finding out that yes someone there does know my secret and Mm -hmm. and that's what i'm writing now is how why where where do we go from there and we'll see we'll see how we release these if we're going to release them as a patreon exclusive series or a standalone series or even your own show we'll see how it develops yeah i i I, again i'm very thankful and grateful for all of the the support and help tell he fits into the ostium world because this is just another door he's gone through now and yeah it's another possible world and we were talking about um I won't give too much away, but we were talking about something in Ostium that would almost um, precisely tie into mm-hmm. the the AI that yes. I'm writing mm-hmm. in my story. So. Yeah, so there's yeah, there's details that cross over, and that's what I've really been happy with with Ostium is just 
while I didn't set out to create a giant world that I could keep building and building on and having all these offshoots and tangents, um, it's worked out that way. And out of all the writing projects I've really had in my life till, um, this one has been the most freeing. I really have no problem writing it. Even when I tell myself, oh, I've got to write this next thing, and I know roughly how it's going to go, but it's going to, I don't know where it's going to lead to next and how it's going to go and how tough it's going to be. And then when I sit down to write it, it just pours out. Once Jake or Monica or Dave start talking, then it just comes out. And it's really enjoyable to write. <laughs> it's enjoyable to listen to. I think it, it comes through. Mm-hmm. Uh, the story doesn't seem forced. Right. Which is good. And I do have an ending in mind, but as I've told other people, it's very far away, and I hope I don't get to it too soon. Um, take your time getting there. So. <laughs> well, there's lots of many uh, different roads uh, along the way, see, and, and forks and And you've got the, off, the the second show now that's connected. And Cersei, yeah, well that, and that's her story, which will make much more sense at the end of season four. Okay. Who it is and what's going on there and why there is a story. And my goal with that is it's um, about a, it's kind of a Lord of the Rings story, fantasy on the world of Albion. And instead of being Gandalf or Frodo, she's a gay sorceress. Are we in, you said in at the end of season four, we'll, we'll know more about mm-hmm. her. Are we going to meet her early in season four or? Um, Possibly. I don't want to say too much, okay. but it all makes sense at the end of season four. Okay. Okay. <laughs> it all come together. You'll get hints and stuff. And then once you get, I mean, you've had, you've had clues already, but you don't always know until you get to the um, end how it's all going to link together and stuff. I, I see a re-listen coming in on my plane <laughs> ride home. Well, I'll be putting together the uh, supercut of season three. I'll start putting it together probably once I get back and then uh, that'll come out. March, yeah, in time for season four to be released in April or end of February, probably because I'll do it in three parts again, like that. So that way you can binge the whole season three real quick and uh, go into season four. And then at the end of season four, which will finish, I think, like August. You have to check the schedule August, September, which should hopefully tie right in with them hoping to get Cersei then started right around then or in the winter. And then season five of Ostium will start. January, and that's going to be a crossover bonanza. If everything works out fine, if everything works out perfectly, and we all get it done, it'll be nineteen crossover episodes, shorter, ten to fifteen minutes, and then one finale. That sounds amazing. <laughs> Fingers crossed. We're a year away, so that's my hope is that we can get it all done. Okay. All right, I think that wraps it up. All right, thank you. That was fun.